We here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. I mean, you know, Paul said, he writes to, I think, the Romans, and he says, I wish that I could be with you. Because I know if I come, it will be mutually beneficial to both you and I. And that's really what we've experienced with Jesus Church, is that they didn't just come to minister, but they came to experience. And I don't know if you realize, but what we have as a church, as Grace Life, is really unique. I don't think it should be unique, but it is unique, in that we really are family. And we really do life together, and I think that is what they, just in speaking to them, a lot of what they haven't had is, I mean, a lot of them are blood relatives. (laughs) This is my cousin, and this one married into the family, and this and that. So that's how they are. But now they, they've experienced how they can extend that into a family of Christ, the family of believers. And we, I really want to talk to you about this morning is uh, living inside out. Living inside out. Last week on Sunday, I had the privilege of sharing um, in the Afrikaans service, and I really believe I shared one of the most important messages of my life. So you can get it online. It's called Omdat of Suedat. And if you can understand Afrikaans, you can understand the message. I mean, um, And I wanted to translate that and preach that today, but Omdat and Suedat just doesn't translate well. <laughs> I tried and I looked. And, uh, and, um, and, but what I realized is we get things wrong way around. The church at whole has got many things wrong way around. So I want to I dive into the next few weeks what we're going to look at the right way around. Die rechte kant om. And um, that message last week was probably an introduction, but I'll, uh, I'll share a bit with you today. So we're looking to live inside out. A lot of people try to plaster the grave because uh, that is what religion does. Jesus said to the Pharisees, you are white plastered graves. Now that is living outside in. But he says you are white plastered, you are beautiful on the outside, but on the inside, you are full of dead men's bones. Yeah, I like Jesus. Eh? What a man. <laughs> you walk up to someone with their tuacha and this and that and tell them you're a, you're a white plastered grave. You're full of dead men's bones. Eh? And he does it with love. <laughs> That's what I'm still learning. But uh, I don't know about you, but I'm done playing church. I'm done preaching messages that is going to make everyone feel cozy. I'm going to preach some messages that's going to tear down, that's going to break down, it's going to build up, it's going to bring truth, because only truth brings freedom, amen? And uh, if you're going to get uncomfortable, then just study the Word and then let Jesus, the Holy Spirit, comfort you. Um, because there is no more time to play. Going into Solaris Pass, speaking to those people, they've heard so many lies. Have you heard about Jesus? Yes. Tell me what have you heard about Jesus? And then you're want to pull your ears off because of the shocking things they tell you. I said, I'm not here to take anything. When you come to church on Sunday, please don't bring your wallet. I say those things in those circumstances because the opposite is so true. Now, it's good to give. I give into this ministry. I work. All of the pastors work by vocational jobs to be able to do ministry, but also to give into the ministry. That's why, because we believe, we want to give feel to this message. We want to send it across the world. But if you're not there, don't give. Don't, because we are not after your money, but we want you to partner with us in taking this gospel further. It's more important that you share with someone, yourself. It's easy to give money, but the highest form of love is laying down your life. So give, because that's the least use. 
but then give of yourself, give of your time. Come on outreach, share with the, the gospel with family or at work. And really a verse that stuck with me is Philippians 2, verse 12 and 13. And there's two translations that we'll look at today. But I've already loved what I've heard just in conversations this morning of what the Spirit's been preparing and in speaking to some of you. Uh, that's the verses that you're going to see. Henry had a word about Abba Father. We're going to chat about that this morning as well. So uh, you can be assured that the Spirit is here. Philippians 2.12 says, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is good which God which worketh in you. Where does God work? In you. Does God work on you? Or does God work in you? You see, it's subtle. You get things wrong way around. God doesn't work on you. Oh, No, God wants to work in you because we are working what? Out our salvation. So if you are a white plastered grave full of dead man's bones, there's nothing to work out. But you're working from the outside and you're trying to make something appear that's on the inside, but it's not there. But now it says work out your salvation. Again, it's not work for. So many people preach work for your salvation. That preach is good because now you have control, now you have giving, now you have works. But that's not the truth. That doesn't set free. That causes burnout. Because it's not the truth. Amen? So what we're going to share is the truth. For God who works where? In you, both to will and to do for His good high pleasure. So what are we saying to those people yesterday is, listen, do you want to stop drinking? Yes, I really want to stop drinking. Okay, don't worry about it. Now I want to stop drinking and then come to Christ. No, come to Christ. And before you know it, He's going to work in you. He's going to work and He's going to change what you do, but He's also going to change first what you want to do. Some people say, I do all the sin I want to do. I mean, because I don't want to do any. Because Christ has renewed me to know that it's not just what I do, but it's what I will. The Afrikaans is to will in te werk. Um te will in te werk. Well, he changes you want to. What I want to do, He changes, and then you do what you want to do. But what do you want to do? You want to come on outreach. You want to serve the church. You want to speak the gospel. You want to give into the message. Why? Because this is what you want to do. Because the Spirit is working not on you, but in you. Think about this. This is so key. So we say, Romans 8 verse 1 says, There's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The Afrikaans word is veroordeling. Ooh, we get it wrong. So what is veroordeling? What is condemnation? You are not good enough. So as a church worldwide, we are trying to change the world. Amen, we all. We're sending missionaries. We're giving funds. We're starting mission schools. We're building orphanages. But we are telling people from the pulpit that they are not good enough. They are condemned. Now, if this building were to be condemned, we would not be here this morning, would we? Because what does condemned mean? It is unfit for use. It's not bestraf. Veroordeel and bestraf is not the same thing. Condemnation and punishment is not the same thing. Condemnation is you are not fit for use. You are unsafe. We cannot use you. So if we condemn people, how can we then send them out to change the world if we tell them you're not good enough to change the world? Think about it. I promise you, little Jordan on my lap here this morning, there are thousands of them running around Solari's Pass. It is 30 minutes from here. I can go to Clutusville right outside my door there is 300 open cases 
just for new kids to be taken into the foster care system. There is something wrong with the world. We need to preach the truth. We need to tell people, in Christ you are more than good enough. You are accepted in the Beloved. You are loved. You are highly favored. You are greatly rejoiced over by not anyone here, but by God. But by the angels. You are good enough. So now, come and join us on this mission. Join us on this adventure. Let's go take people out of dark places. And let's take them into the light. And then let's see how we'll just, the world will change through that. But we have to do it inside we have to show people what is on the inside and then we work out our salvation. We don't work for our salvation. Because once saved, always saved. How can you not? If you were born, who was born? Okay, now we miss John 3 because it's so simple. Nicodemus comes in the nighttime because Nicodemus is, is a white plastered grave, but there's a rattle on the inside. <laughs> because he saw the prophecy and he knew and what he saw and what he saw in Jesus like he wanted to believe he really wanted to believe so he goes in the night time and he says how do we get the kingdom and Jesus says you have to be born from above the word born again steals from us because we say you get born again so you get a clean slate and then you get born again again so you get another clean slate Nadia, let's go to Titus 3. I knew I was going there. I just didn't put it in the notes. Titus 3 and verse 4. Do you want to hear the gospel this morning? Do you want to get equipped to share the gospel this morning? That should be a louder yes, amen, because you've heard the gospel. That's why you are here. So you have, what's it, one, two, three, four, let's say four verses. You can minister to anyone the gospel right here. But when the kindness and the love of God who is woo, our Savior. What does the Savior do? He saves. See, Christianity should be simple. God saves. Who is God? God is love. What is love? Love is kind. You have it all there. It's New King James, by the way. It's not some poetic license. What happened? God is kind. God is love. God is a savior, but he is not up in the area. He's a spook awesomely. He's not everywhere. Yes, he is, but he's towards us. That's where they got the idea from Cupid with the arrow. Because love of God is towards someone. You have a target on your back. And that target is, I'm going to hunt you down. God's goodness, God's faithfulness, God's love is going to hunt you down every day of your life. That lady won yesterday. Um, she sat there. Man, I want to cry. In a gown with nothing, with no food. She had a glass, half a glass of black label at 10 o'clock in the morning, wearing a, a dirty gown, as skinny as can be. I said, man, you can come to Christ right now. She said, but what do I have to do? I said, you have to receive. After, we, after she got saved, I said, do you feel something? She says, I feel so light. She looked up and she was shining. She was beaming. I said, please, 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 
don't let it stay here because the word says God's willing that everyone should be saved, but that they come to the full knowledge of the truth. That's discipleship. This church is built on outreach and discipleship, and we do it through community. If you ever wondered what our vision is, there you go. I said, please come to church. She said, I'll come next week. I said, why not tomorrow? She says, oh, I thought it's Sunday. And I realized she thinks we do what we do only on Sundays. I said to her, ma'am, it's not Sunday. Jesus came through us. He sent people from the United States of America to find you next to a shack on a chair. No, it wasn't a chair. Let's not call it a chair if it's not a chair. Sitting there with half a glass of, um, of Black Label with a pint next to her on a Saturday morning at 10 a.m. to tell her that God loves her, that God is kind, that God is towards her. He didn't wait for her to clean herself up and come to church because that would never happen. might happen once, might twice, but then that's not lasting. But we went. Carriers of the good news. Carriers of the hope, the light of the world, stepping into a dark situation and finding a lady. I think she sat on bricks. Eventually they brought her a chair and then she sat more decent. When the kindness, when the love of a Savior, who is God? God is kind, God is love, God is saving. He says, I came to search and to save. There was a group of six, I believe. Two got born again. Why? Because two opened their hearts. Two received. You could see the others were like, nah, come on. Get on now. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. You might be uncomfortable. I like the uncomfortable. The best thing is you share the gospel and you say, so what are you going to choose? And then you just keep quiet. And then you wait. Because that's where the Holy Spirit and her is having a conversation. And I looked at this one lady and I said, you can feel God knocking on your heart, can't you? And she said, yes, I can. I said, now respond. And she went off and she prayed with Sumi. And she's the one who wanted to commit suicide a few hours earlier. But God... But God was kind. But God was loving. Not was, He is. He, he's the same. He wasn't different yesterday in Solaris than He is today in Stellenbosch. That's one verse. I mean, who can't get excited about these things? And you know why? Because it works. Because it works. Freedom Day. You don't find freedom in political systems. Workers' Day. We have good works prepared for us because we are seated in heaven in Christ. You see, it's all a, a shadow of the real thing. But when the kindness and the love of God are saved towards man, you know the beauty is we stand in a circle, and that's the photos you saw that was afterwards, because we don't really want to take photos where they live and where we go, because it's not about the photos. I've left the church because of photos. So I told the team, well, you can take photos, but it's never about the photos. We came back and we stood in a circle and Emily said, listen, if you have a name, please give it to me because I know the community. And if they don't come, then I'll go find them. And I gave this lady's name. And she said, really? I said, yes. She said, that's my cousin. 
I mean, that is real. And what did it take of me? Three hours on a Saturday morning. And I'll never be the same again. I was thinking what to share on Sunday, and, and I just knew there's going to be so much ministry building up that I'm just going to overflow this morning. But look at this. But when the kindness and love of God, who's God? God is our Savior towards man, towards person, towards people, appeared. That word man there is, is humanity. Now look at verse 5. Not by works of righteousness. Oh, thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for grace. We have become the righteousness of God. Why? In Christ Jesus. Because he who knew no sin, had nothing to do with sin, became sin. So that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.21 So how do we get saved? Not by works. Please. We work out our salvation. We don't work for our salvation. Which who has done? We have done. Not what we have done. That's what the verse says. Not your good works. Paul says, my best works are filthy rags. You can go read the, the, the Greek there. It's not what you think it is. It's worse. But according to His mercy. Whose mercy? His mercy. What did He do according to His mercy? Not according to our righteous works. He saved us. Oh, I'm so glad I'm saved. Amen. Amen. Every time I worship, I just think about, if you don't feel good about yourself, like, I'm saved. Wow. Think about it. I'm saved. I can't even remember what it feels like to not be saved. But then I go on outreach and I see people in this world and I see people at work and I see people who aren't saved. And like Jesus, I, I become emotional. I'm, there's compassion that rises up within me and says, but they can be. They should be. They paid for. But they haven't heard. There's a lot of stabbings and gangsterism going on in Solaris Plaza. It didn't, it didn't used to be like that. It's much worse now. And this lady who went with us, she's from the church. I love it. Nella. Nella is a straight shooter. She looks at him and says, I could have dark sit and drink. But now I go to church. I'm changed. Nella says to this one young man, she says, listen, you know so-and-so, and so-and-so, and so-and-so, and so-and-so is all dead now. They stabbed. They're not with us. And she sort of gets emotional and says, and we didn't get to them in time. So now we are here and we want to get to you before it's too late. We want to share with you that God loves you, that He's died for you, that He's a Savior, that he's loving, that he's kind, that he's not expecting anything from you. But in fact, he gave everything and he gave it already. And I sat there and I spoke to a guy. He's finishing his matric. His name is Quito. It's a Latin name. Quito. And they were sitting outside and it was like this makeshift barbershop. And she spoke to him and she said, we really want to share with the young people. And there was a bunch of cool guys there. And I so wish they invited us in. But they were too cool. So Kwaito came out, and Kwaito shared with me a little bit, and she spoke to him, and I didn't know his story. I only heard afterwards, but, but Kwaito is now a brother. And Kwaito didn't run away from what he was busy with. No, he went back, because where would he go? But now Kwaito needs to be discipled. Kwaito needs to 
to be equipped. Kwaito needs to be surrounded with love and kindness. And that's why we reach out in Solaris, and that's why we reach out in Stellenbosch, because there we have community. There we have groups. There we have Bible study. That's why we reach out um, in Strand, because there we have people. That's why we reach out in Rondebosch on Wednesday, because there we have people. That's, that's why we, we, we want to not just have crusades, but we want to take a journey with people. Not by my righteous works, which you have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. Now look at this. How did He save us? Through the washing of regeneration. Some of the translations puts it rebirth. This is wedergeboorte. This is being born again. It's regenerated. It's becoming a new creature, a new species. It's not just some new of the old or another version. This is much different. It says there's a washing. You can read the Greek up. It's baptism. But it's not water. It is a washing. It is a regeneration. It is a becoming one with the one who has been regenerated. That's what it is. The Savior. How? Through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. What is born again? It is regeneration and it is renewing and it is spiritual. That is our message. We have for you. I want to don't use all the names I had yesterday, but we have for you good news. Not only is God loving, but He's so loving that He sent us. And not only did He send us, but He sent us with a message. And that message is not just going to give you a fresh start. No, it's going to regenerate you, it's going to renew you, and it's going to empower you. Because the Holy Spirit is going to come and live in you right now when you receive who God is. Do you want it? I mean, you don't need a marketing degree to, to sell the gospel. It is good news. And right now there's a washing, there's a regeneration, there's a renewing. And that's why when these people look up, they look you in the eye and say, I can see. Because the mud has been washed from their eyes. That's why they feel light, because the sin, the guilt, is no longer being able to hold on to your new generation spirit. All the filth is now cut away. It's done away with. We have these pictures, and you can, Carlo can correct me later, but when we engrave something into a vine we are cutting off a branch and we are putting it into a vine so now where does it draw its nourishment from from the the vine that was originally there doesn't john say abide in the vine so now when you look at that plant and you look at the history of that plant where are you going to find it in the history of the vine not of the branch because there's no more history of the branch because it's been regenerated and renewed it's been engraved into something that is bigger than it and that is nourishing so now when we look back we look at oh this is the history your history is christ's history your past is his past that's why the word says you've been crucified with him even though i don't have marks in my hands do you anyone have marks where you were crucified so how then can you be crucified with him his crucifixion is for your account. When they look at your past, they see where Jesus comes in and then they see Jesus' past. That is for your account. That's why it says abide. The washing, the regeneration, the renewing of the Holy Spirit. That's so much more than a clean slate, isn't it? That's good news. That is good news. No, come to church. Clean yourself up. Look like a Christian. Given to the offering. 
Who wants that? No, come be regenerated, come be washed, come become new, come become spiritual. You are now a new species. How do we get this? Whom He poured out on us. Just a little bit, no. Abundantly, how? Through Christ Jesus, our Savior. That having been, past tense, justified by what? His grace. <laughs> Nothing you do. Nothing you do. We don't go out and do mission because we want to have a good score. No, we go out and we do mission because we know what's been done for us. And you cannot but help do it for others. You want them to know what they don't know. You are moved with compassion. In whom He poured out on us abundantly through Christ Jesus, having been justified by His grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. You see, you're an heir with Christ. The thing that you're going to inherit is eternal life. It's better news than your faces look now. Now I want money and I want cars and I want... The kingdom of God is where? Where's the kingdom? They asked Jesus. Luke 10, or Luke 17. Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation. Not materialistic. Jesus said to Pilate, My kingdom is not of this world. Pilate believed him. That's why he didn't want to kill him. If he didn't, he would have known that he is competition. But he, he realized this. The Israelites didn't. The kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they say, see there or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. Now, depending on your translation, that this verse is going to be different. Verse 21 says, either the kingdom of God is among you, or the kingdom of God is here, or the kingdom of God is in you. So do we have a problem? No, we don't, because Jesus is the kingdom of God. And when he spoke the words, he says the kingdom is here, but that same word is now the kingdom is in you, which is only available after the cross. Because why? It is through the outpouring of the Spirit, which is why Jesus came to die, be resurrected so that he could pour out. So the kingdom of God was among them, but now the kingdom of God is inside of us. So that's why we get to live life inside out. Because nothing on the outside is as good as what is on the inside. So we need the renewal of the mind. Because we look in the mirror, we see our mistakes, and we look at our bank account, and our debt, and our dents, and our cars, and, and we don't feel kingdom. We don't feel good. We don't feel righteous. But it's not about your righteous deeds. It's about His righteous deeds. It's not about your works, but it's about His mercy. It's not about you saving yourself. No, it's about Him saving you. We look at the... Jesus tells a parable of the, um, the Samaritan man who goes and... Or it's not a Samaritan. This guy travels. He travels on a, on a road. And there's a priest that comes by after he's attacked and he doesn't do anything. Then there's a Levite who comes and he doesn't do anything either because he doesn't want to get filthy. Unholy. Outside. He's a white plastered grave. He doesn't want a mess on the white plastered grave. But then there's a Samaritan. What is a Samaritan? It's a heathen. Half a heathen. But the Samaritan goes and does what? Cleans up the man. Washes him. Regenerates him. Puts him on a donkey. Takes him to an inn pays for him and says, whenever I come back, I'll pay whatever left. And we think we have to be the Samaritan. Jesus is the Samaritan. You are the man, filthy, dying, half dead. 
I don't know if you've heard that before, but that is the gospel. If you're the Samaritan, that works. But we preach, or I used to hear that feeling guilty, not doing enough. But did that change me into doing more? Maybe a week, maybe two. So it doesn't work. You are not the Samaritan, you are half dead. And if you're saved, you're not half dead, you're living eternally, but you were half dead. Left for dead. Let's say use that word, that works. But what does Titus say? The Savior came, and He did good works. And He washed you, and He regenerated you, and He put you in heavenly places, and He says, whenever there's something left for my account, even then I'll pay it when I return. It's the Gospel. But we have to get it right way around. You see, when you read a parable, where's Jesus and where's you? Because if you give it the wrong way around, it works. If it, it's works. If it doesn't work, it's works. If you get it right way around, then it's grace. And works doesn't save. But grace does. You see, why is this so important? Because you can share the seed, but the seed is corrupted. It's not going to bear fruit. That's why it says it's the incorruptible seed of the word. That's why... Let's not go there. Where's the kingdom? So on Tuesday, we have a prayer meeting and you're all invited because it's online and it's at 2 p.m. on Google Meet. And it's awesome. Tuesday was awesome again. We had words flow and prophecy and Claudia, who was here from Albania, said, I feel for Stellenbosch the words, Oh death, where is your sting? There are people that have been in bondage for so long that they think that now that is normality. But death has no sting anymore in Christ. Jesus is the one that took away the sting of death. You see, people have become accustomed to feeling unsaved because they have never been saved, so they have nothing to compare it to. We walk in Solari's Pass and it's not, no one feels out of place except us because we are carriers of the light. But you need to go to where they are, you need to share with them, listen, this is not how life's supposed to be. But I can share with you how Life could be, and I'm not sharing that you're going to get jobs and cars and houses, but I'm sharing with you that I'm going to, I have in me the peace, the, the Prince of Peace, who can give you peace that will stay with you, that will go above your knowledge. So whether you go to Rastakamp or Sun City, or they've got nice names for all these areas, we have the same answer whether you go to Solaris Pass or Stellenbosch. Isn't that beautiful? Now, Romans 8 gets exciting because it starts off with no condemnation and then people get tripped over because is this now for those who's in the flesh and staying in the flesh or like, so Romans 8 1 says there's now no, no, there is now therefore no condemnation for whom? Those who are in Christ Jesus. And then some translations, most says, who walk not after the spirit but after the flesh. So is Romans 8.1 the no condemnation? Is it for someone who does something or for someone where, who is somewhere? It's a positional truth. Okay, not works based. There's no condemnation for who? For those who are where? In. Where are they in? They're in Christ. Seeing if you are in Christ, you are good enough to do the job. You see, so in the grace circles, we need to preach that more. Because we get stuck on no condemnation, but now because you're not condemned, you've got work to do. So let's get out there and do the work. Not to prove something, not working for your salvation, and men, I'm not 100% with that, but now working out your salvation. 
Philippians 2.12 in the ERV says, live a life that gives meaning to your salvation. I believe the New Living Translation or one of the others says, live a life that gives substance to your salvation. What is that? That is sharing what you've received. But now, listen to Romans 8 verse 9, just if you're still confused. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Don't debate verse 1. Go to verse 9. If you're in the spirit, you're in the spirit. And when you're in the spirit, you're in Christ because it's his spirit, isn't it? Now you can live out that more. Yes, I can too. But it's a positional truth. It's where you are that means you're not condemned. It's not what you do. 2 Corinthians 5.16 Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Yeah, but so and so said they were saved, but it doesn't look like it. It's not about how you walk. It's about where you sit. Are you seated in Christ? Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we Him no more. That's why I say, be careful of the chosen. The series, not the people. Because the Word says you shouldn't know Christ after the flesh. Now, you can use it and you can minister. I watch it, I enjoy it. But that's not the Jesus you are one with. Because it says He's now regenerated, He's a new creation. He was the first to be born again. Born from above. Raised from the dead. So you can use all those words. And now we are in Him. In whom? The resurrected Christ. Go read Revelation. That's the picture of Jesus you are one with. Yes, love people. Obviously. Do the same works. Yes. But where does the greater works come in? That's Revelation. You do the same works. That's multiplying bread. But the greater works is multiplying spiritual bread. You do the same works. That's raising the dead. But the greater work is raising someone out of spiritual death. You do the work of where you say, okay, I'm going to heal you. But the greater work is to heal them of their spiritual condition. We must be careful. We read Isaiah 61 and we think we must go start a prison ministry. Preach to the poor, give grace to, to those who are captive. But go into some of the corporates, some of the richest places in this world and see how captive people are. It's a spiritual condition. Multiplying bread is great, but multiplying the word, sharing the truth. God gives bread to the eater, but he gives seed to the sower. I don't know what I'm going to say. Trust me, I know what it feels like. You walk out here on a Sunday, nice service. What's going to happen next week, Lord? Just chill. Enjoy me. Abide in the vine. I give seed to the sower. I give bread to the eater. It says in New Living Translation, we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How different we know Him now. How different. Spiritual truths. 1 Samuel 16. Samuel goes to anoint the next king and he looks at this man. Statue of a man. Groot Christen. Surely this is the Lord's anointed. God says, no, I don't look at the outward appearance. I look at the heart. I look at the heart. Have some grace on yourself. Have you been regenerated? Have you been washed? Ezekiel 36 says that God's taken out of you the heart of, flesh, the heart of stone and He puts into you a heart of flesh. Now God says, I don't look 
at the outward appearance, I look at the heart. I'm preaching the gospel from the Old Testament, if you realize. Ezekiel 36 and 1 Samuel 16, the last time I checked, was in the Old Testament. So I look at you, and I look at your heart. But when I come, when the Spirit comes, I'm going to take out the heart of stone, which is dead, and I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. It's got nothing to do with what you do. But where is your heart? Your heart is inside. So your condition on the inside is what determines your kingdom reality. And with that, your eternity. Now, yes, you can polish up your act, but that doesn't save you. Yes, God will change what you want to do and He'll change your, your, your wills and your wants. Yes, that comes over time. But come to Christ and let Him change you. Don't wait to be changed before coming to Christ. That's the wrong way around. That's why I love to go at 10 a.m. on Saturday mornings because I know the alcohol is flowing. And that's the best time to share grace. Hey, I'm not waiting for Sunday. Don't polish yourself up. God wants you now. That lady couldn't believe that it was Saturday. You're doing the work of God on a Saturday. That was the look. Let's do it every day. I want to close off with the Old Testament example. Second Kings. So Luke 17, Jesus says, The kingdom of God is inside. The kingdom of God is within you. That's why we're living inside out. We live in kingdom. We're living inside out. We're living as if we are kings. We are reigning in this life. How? Through the abundance of grace. Romans 5.17 But 2 Kings 4, there's a problem. It says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. So she's trying to convey works here. Hey, he served you. He's now dead. He feared the Lord. She's building the CV. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? I don't know what your situation looks like. I don't know where you are currently. I don't know everything about everyone. But what do you have? What do you have? What do you have? I mean, there's creditors. It's sad. It's desperate. The husband is dead. The sons are being sold as slaves. She says, your maidservant has nothing. And see, that's the problem. She, she's lying. She's, she's not lying because she wants to. She's just not convinced of the truth. And a lot of Christians live like that. I don't have anything, Lord. He says, no, you have a little jar of oil. Where is it? In the house. Aren't you and I the house of God? Aren't we carriers of the Spirit on the inside of us? Aren't we the jars of clay filled with the glory of God? You see, this is not about finances. This is about so much more. In your house, when you have nothing, you have God. In you, when you feel down and out, if you are saved, you've got the jar of oil. Look at the, look at the Gospel here. Verse 3, Then he said, Go and borrow vessels from everywhere. Go and find the lost. Those vessels are empty. That's evangelism. Genesis 1, what happens? The Spirit of God hovers over the face of the earth. Because the earth was what? Without form and void. God was looking for someone to fill. So He created man. And He fills man. He breathes into the nostrils of Adam 
the life of God. It's the same gospel right here in 2 Kings. I have nothing. No, you have the Spirit. So go out and get the empty people. Get those who are without form. Get those who are void. Get those who are thirsty. Get those who are hungry. And not just a few. Bring everyone. Bring everyone. Why? Because when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you. You and your sons. Speaking life there. Your sons will not be sold yet. He's prophesying. You and your sons. Then pour out into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. Go look for empty people. Hey, involve your family. I love it when we go on outreach. Have Mother Melissa bring their kids. Um, Glenn and Timothy and, and Amy came with yesterday, walking in the streets of Solaris Pass. We are raising a generation. Pierre was there as well with us. We are, we are taking our sons and our daughters with us. This is what is this year. This is family. God's business is family business. Amen? Now look at this. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. That's the gospel. What did she do? She shared the gospel. Titus 3. She shared the gospel. And when you have come in, shut the door. So she went, shut the door. And she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And she said to her, there is not another vessel. May that be our testimony. That there is not one person within our reach that is without God. That is the invitation. And only then will the Spirit stop flowing. Until then you have abundant supply. To pour out what God has poured in you. What He has given you through His message. God is using us, not as empty vessels, but as full. But we don't have this, or we don't have that, or we don't have... You've got the Spirit of the living God living in your house, which is you. Now that's become His house. So now go and find empty people and pour out. Share the gospel. Give the light. Bring hope. There is one who has saved and he's done it. And it says then, obviously for me, that is living inside out. Pouring out the Spirit of God, the good news of your salvation. But pouring it out into empty vessels. And then those empty vessels will become full vessels. So we're reaching out and we're bringing people and we're filling them up. And now we're discipling them. I, I'm, I'm a disciple. Amen? That's why I'm now discipling. You see, all the apostles were first disciples. We miss that truth. We want to be great works of God. No, come and sit at His feet. Come and receive. Come and be. Like, I receive. We have meetings with Shane and with others and we study and we listen and, and, and we are discipled so that we can disciple others. And this is a word for someone. You want to be a father in the house? The, 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 the way in the kingdom is to become a son. Because the son imitates the father the best. So the more you want to do for God, the more you need to become like a son. Because when you are operating as son, you get to see the father and then you get to imitate the father and then you'll be the best father you could be. Amen? That's for someone, you're struggling with your kids as well. This is, this is on a natural level as well. Become a son with God and you'll be a better father to your kids. But in the kingdom as well. If you desire leadership, you desire a good thing. But don't aim for fathering. 
Aim for sonship. And you'll get to imitate who God is. And then Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. He imitates the Son because the Son imitates the Father. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that kingdom? Isn't that how we change the world? We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.